and welcome to the Enchantress Society with Tia Johnson, a place where you get to be you, where you get to unlock your magic in a sacred and judgment-free zone. The Enchantress Society is your witchy sisterhood of enchanting women who guides and supports you along your spiritual journey from the mundane to the magical. I invite you to sit for a spell as I interview guests and spill the spiritual tea on how we can create the magical life we deserve. Hello, Enchantresses. I have a very special guest today who I cannot wait to introduce you to for today's topic, Spellbinding Tarot with Tess. Tess Trainor is the owner of Spellbinding, which she created to bring quality, intentional products at an affordable price so they are accessible to everyone. The products are handcrafted in Arizona. Her main goal is helping others feel empowered through ritual work and practices. Outside of making magic, Tess is a professional tarot reader and loves healing, loves the healing it provides for others. And I'm going to include Tess's information in the description of this episode. So Tess, welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, yes, most definitely. And as I was saying, just before we, re- re- I can't talk these brackets, just before we recorded, <laughs> I'm really interested in hearing what you have to say about tarot, because I know pretty much the surface level things about tarot, but not too deep. Uh, so I just want to first begin with what attracted you to tarot and what's, what do you feel like is your, your deep connection with tarot? I get this question a lot, you know, with just people that I read for in general, but I don't know if there was one specific thing that drew me to tarot. I felt lost and I was looking for answers and tarot was just something that I was drawn to and I picked up the cards and the more I used them, I realized how well they worked and how precise it actually was so I just kept using them and I never felt drawn to anything else like I know people do the runes and different mm-hmm. things like that I it was always just tarot for me and the more I've read for other people it's always been accurate and I've just stuck with it oh that's amazing so it it sounds like it was just a calling. Well, I don't want to say just, but that's just my, my little slang, but it seems like it was a calling <laughs> for you. And it's interesting because when I, when I think about my journey, when I talk to other people, it's like so many things came at us, came at us at once. Like I want to learn this. I want to learn that. And I think it's refreshing. It's really nice to hear that you're just like tarot for me. And, and you went forth and started learning about it and really working on your craft. Yeah, that's something I tell people all the time because it is so overwhelming when you read books or take classes or just see other people who are doing so many different things and they know about, you know, how to do everything it seems like and you feel like you don't know enough. You feel like you're not doing enough. But for me, Mm -hmm. it was like I read books and I was like, well, I need to know how to 
you know, read auras or know everything about crystals. And I think it's okay to know some things about everything, but you don't have to be an expert in everything. Yes, yes, absolutely. Especially when going back to the calling is not your calling when you try to force it because especially now where it's just so much more information available and, and images too, where people see people, as you were saying, using runes and then, you know, you involve crystals and all these other, other things, which are great to use, but maybe that's not for you. Maybe it's, you know, for you to master this one craft in this lifetime. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's like some shame followed by it because it's like, (laughs) oh, well, you can't call yourself spiritual. You can't call yourself a witch if you don't know how to do this, if you don't meditate every day, (laughs) if you don't have a practice every day. And I, I, I don't think that's the healthiest thing. You know, everyone has their own method for doing what they do. Absolutely. Which leads me to my next question about uh, being afraid and and the the stigma around tarot reading, because along this journey, it it is a bit scary at times. Like, should should I go down this path? It's mysterious. I don't know where it's going to lead. And that causes people to listen to others who may gatekeep as opposed to saying, okay, what 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 are you being drawn towards uh, learning? What are some of your likes? What do you feel within? And when that tends to happen, people feel like they aren't witchy enough because as you were saying, they're not doing this, they're not doing that. But no, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. It's a lot of stigma behind it sometimes. So did you feel any kind of nervousness, being afraid, any of those uh, narratives play come to mind between you or your clients? Yeah, totally. I mean, when I first started reading like professionally for other people, I was so nervous because I felt like someone was going to call me out and be like, oh, you don't know (laughs) what you're talking about. You know, like I just was so afraid, even though I've been doing it a long time and I knew I knew what I was talking about. It was just such a, I guess, imposter syndrome and such a fear Mm -hmm. of like, oh, my God, someone's going to like tell me that I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. And also, yeah, there's a lot of rituals that like I think older generations do with tarot like you have Mm. to split the card three times you have to uh have the other person hold it you have to you know do certain things before reading and I don't necessarily do all those things or (laughs) maybe maybe shuffle it the way other people would and so I get questions about that sometimes but for me it's just with the person sitting across from me that's an energy exchange and that's all Mm -hmm. I need I don't need to you know shuffle the cards a certain way for it to really make a difference right I love that you said that I love that you said that and uh talked about imposter syndrome because and maybe this is the Virgo in me but I can't stand when people shuffle their deck the way they do playing cards and it gets bent (laughs) I'm just like no don't shuffle it that way you're gonna bend the cards it's gonna look horrible but yeah other than that 
yeah, the, the knocking three times, you know, everyone has their method. And again, it, it goes back to that calling and listening to yourself. It's easy to fall. I don't want to say trap, but to feel like you need to fall in line with with what someone else is doing because that's their method. And to your point, it is a generational thing too, you know, of the, uh, like, I, I like to hold my cards to my chest. I like to put a crystal on top of it. Someone may just throw their, their cards in the bag and they're good. So yeah, I love the the pathways of more than one. And with imposter syndrome, I feel like that never fully goes away. It just gets smaller over time. Even when I'm working on something, I'm just like, oh man, here we go. They're going to think I'm crazy now. They thought I was crazy before. <laughs> They're going to think I'm crazy now. So when, when people come to you for, for the, the guidance, the clarity, what are some of the, the things, the common things that you had to debunk with them to help them be receptive of the messages that you give them? The main thing that I have to debunk is like, I am not going to tell you your future because Mm. that's not what tarot really is. It's not telling someone, oh, in two months, you're going to find the love of your life or, and his name's going to be this, you know, it's (laughs) telling someone what they already know, but they aren't recognizing or they don't want to acknowledge. And Mm. then like, this is, the path that most likely will happen if you don't acknowledge this or you continue on this way. But that doesn't mean that it's actually going to happen because me just giving you this reading can change what you decide to do and nothing's Mm -hmm. actually written in stone. So everything can change. Ah, that is so beautiful. And I know there are listeners who are just starting out who had that imposter syndrome, who are thinking, oh man, what if this doesn't come true? And you hit the nail on the head. It's free will. This, based on everything right now, this is what the cards are saying are a possibility. But someone can just say, oh, screw it. I'm going to move to Hawaii. It's like, what? okay, <laughs> well, that changes everything now. So, you know, keep an open mind to, uh, you, know, you know, people listening is that, there's so many, going back to the pathways, there's so many things that can happen. And, and I, I think a great thing to do is to stress to people based on all fact, all current factors, this is what the cards is showing me. Right. Like, so when people come to me and they're like, oh, I don't want to know my future, you know, I'm like, but it's not your future. And I'm not telling you your future. I'm telling you the most likely outcome but you can always change that because your decisions change that. That's why if Mm -hmm. you get a tarot reading, like more than like, I say every like two months or something is good because if you keep going back like once a week, it's not really going to change. Right. Right. So what are some best practices for, let's say people who want to be a tarot reader and those who are looking for a reading, because it sounds like the one client was limiting themselves as they were looking for assistance, it's like, okay, I don't want to know my future, but tell me this. It's like, well, you got to clear your mind first. (laughs) That's not what this is about. Yeah. I would say for people wanting a reading, just being open to it, like not necessarily expecting anything and just being open to a reading 
or whatever comes up. And if there is something you want to know, kind of know specifically what you're looking for or what question you have, because there are more specific readings that people can do. Like usually I have multiple different three card readings that I offer. So if someone has a more specific question or situation, I can do a different type of reading and that will help them more than just a general like past, present, future. Mm -hmm. But like for someone getting into tarot reading, I would say it's just about practice. Like the more you practice, mm. the more you read for yourself and the more that you feel like you know what the cards mean. And like, yeah, reading books is great. And even taking online courses so you feel more confident about what the cards mean. Mm. It's, it's like the practice and then when you start doing it for other people, the confidence. So the more you do it for other people, the more you're accurate about it the more confidence you get. And then the more confidence you have, the better you are. Mm, I like that. Yeah, getting used to it. And, you know, every time you look at a card, it's going to speak to you differently. You may be drawn to the numbers one time. You may be drawn to what's going on in the background. So I love that, you know, practice and getting the confidence because I remember when I, I started off with uh, Oracle cards and I would be nervous because I would think, okay, how can I relay this message even when it doesn't make sense? <laughs> or if I'm being drawn to a number, I'm thinking, I don't, I don't know why. Like it's an entire card, but I'm being called to a number. So yeah, with that practice, it helps to ease the tension, ease your nervous system, and yeah, be more receptive to uh, messages. So, what's your your favorite spread? Um. I do the Celtic cross one a lot or I do, (laughs) yeah, because it's, it's a good for like an in-depth reading, but it's also Mm -hmm. specific to a situation. Mm -hmm. So someone's like, oh, I feel stuck or there's a situation happening. It's a really good spread to do because it covers a lot of areas. But otherwise, like a three card reading, and there's lots of different three card readings I do, like uh, past, present, future, or another favorite is like release, begin, sustain. So if mm. you know like what you need to let go of, what you should keep doing, and then what you should start doing. Mm, I like that one. Yeah, that that sounds like a quick insight when someone just like, I just need to know. I need to know. I, I like, I well not like, I love the Celtic uh, spread because like you said, it's, it's so in depth, but every time I just get amazed, like every single time I'm just thinking, wow, 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 wow. Like <laughs> that's just what I have for that spread. It's just, it's really amazing. Yeah. That's a really good one to do. And like to go back to uh, people starting out or like reading for other people is like, I wouldn't get too caught up in the quote unquote rules of tarot cards Mm -hmm. and what they're supposed to mean. Because sometimes when I'm doing readings for other people, I read cards in a way that's necessarily like, they don't mean that, but the way it's showing up in the spread and just Mm -hmm. the energy I'm getting from the person, I'll read it in a completely different way. 
And that's okay. Like if you trust yourself enough to read energy or interpret things that way, you don't have to have a rigid understanding of tarot. Like they can mean different things to you and Mm -hmm. that's okay. Yeah, that was very uh, helpful because yeah, it's easy to think you have to go right to the book and read the message or maybe it's wrong. The card must be wrong because it means this. And uh, I, I think that maybe people should have a tarot journal and, and maybe document certain things. Do, do you have a, a a ritual that you do before you read? Do you, do you track certain um, things with yourself when, when you're doing tarot? Um, usually I like to kind of meditate a little bit before or like the, you know, in the morning, if I'm going to be doing it all day. And then I always spray the deck with like a cleansing spray. So in between each client, it'll be cleansed. Like that's how I cleanse my cards. Mm -hmm. And that's basically my ritual. And I like to talk to people when they first sit down. I don't have them hold the deck, but I always talk to them. So like while I'm shuffling, I'll be talking to them. Nice, nice. And you you make sprays, right? Because I, I remember looking at on your Instagram, you have a rich witch spray. Yeah, I make a intentional sprays and ritual candles mm-hmm. and um, ritual kits. So I make all different stuff like that. And it all has, like, every product has a specific intention behind it. Like, the Rich Witch Spray is obviously for money manifestation. And so, like, everything that goes into that product then, I research. And so, like, the crystals, the oils, is all specifically for abundance and money manifestation. Awesome. So people can buy your spray, you know, spray themselves, spray the cards and do a three car spread or, or the Celtic cross spread for uh, money, you know, prosperity. That sounds like a really cool ritual to me. Yeah, they <laughs> definitely can do that. Like th- those are the sprays I use every time uh, with my cards. I like that. So, um, if someone wanted to say host a, a tarot party or maybe a, a ritual with a, a couple of people, maybe three people, what were some, some tips you would give them to just like kickstart their, their tarot business? Um, I would say don't be afraid to try new things. So like reach out to, people or places you might not think would be interested in it and the worst that could happen is they tell you no you know like that's Mm -hmm. not necessarily a bad thing it's just okay they weren't interested move on to something else and like I said confidence is the most important thing Mm -hmm. and not appearing like you are unsure so you're if you're inviting people over to like teach them or just to give readings, even if you aren't totally confident, if it's your first time doing it, don't appear that way. Like appear like Mm -hmm. you know what you're doing 
even if you feel like most of the stuff coming out of your mouth is, you know, not <laughs> accurate, I think yeah. you'll be surprised at how accurate it actually is. I mean, I've given readings before where I've, you know, gave the whole reading and then I'm like, oh God, that was horrible. And then the person across from me is like, oh my God, that was so accurate. So it's mostly just your self-doubt <laughs> that makes you think <laughs> yeah. that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think also too, when people see people's uh, facial expressions, they get nervous, but sometimes you can't tell. And I, I say this so often because I know us Virgos get called out. I'm a Virgo. I never realized how my face looked when I was listening to someone intensely. <laughs> so they would think that I would just hate their speech, not like it. They're looking at me like, okay. So I'm just like, no, I loved it. <laughs> it was great too. So, you know, keep in mind that too, you can't just solely go by expressions when, when you are saying, you know, your crazy things. Like, you know, I, I see your red, you know, blue Robin or something like that. It makes no sense to me. And someone's like, oh my gosh, yeah. They used to come, you know, to my grandmother's house all the time. She lived by the wooded area or something like that. So <laughs> I just wanted to say that about facial expressions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is true. And I would say be, be prepared for people to like break down crying because it happens mm. a lot. And to just have to have, like, you have to have a lot of empathy to read for strangers because they will tell you their deepest feelings or secrets because they feel like they can open up to you, especially if you're really accurate with the reading. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I have people tell me very personal things and you just have to be understanding and open to it. And, you know, not judgmental in any way. Like you don't have to necessarily give them therapy, but just be understanding. Mm-hmm. Holding that that space for them. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you uh, brought that up because, yeah, I do find myself being uh, very selective with like people who I go to for readings. I or people who like I just maybe have uh, heard about, like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll check them out and things like that. And you do end up trusting these people, you know, the person who you go to and, and you, you, you realize that safe, like you were saying, non-judgmental space and yeah, the, the emotions start flowing and, and sometimes it is, Oh, what, what can I do? I'm not a therapist, <laughs> but what, what I realized is just holding that space. Like you were saying, just, you know, being there, you know, let them cry. Um, I think is, is just a beautiful thing because people who, a lot of times go to readings, they don't have that space. And it's just that they're so involved, they had to do so many things and society just doesn't give them that space. So it's really a blessing when magic like that happens. Yeah, it's very interesting, because a lot of times people look to me like, well, what do I do? Like, give me the answer. And I'm like, I don't have like, this is what it's saying and this is what you should most likely do to really change the outcome but I'm Mm -hmm. not going to tell you what to do you know I can't do that I can't tell you what to do so it's just like being there and listening and offering some advice but you shouldn't tell someone what to do like yes you're giving them a reading but you shouldn't 
tell them, oh, yeah, you definitely need to break up with this person or, you know, do something drastic with your life because ultimately that's up to them. Right, right. And worst case scenario, they circle back and make you liable. Well, you encouraged me at the time I was vulnerable. It's like, that's really not how it went down (laughs) at all. (laughs) We broke through a barrier and I agreed with, you know, what you should do. Like, yeah, you should break up with that man. He's toxic. Or yeah, you should strategically leave your job. I'm not saying in the drop of a dime, but, you know, save up money. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, but, you know, sometimes people will try to say, well, my life is in shambles. And I don't want to say that's the point, but you go through periods of what I call the underworld. Like you go through this, like, oh, you know, I lost friends and, you know, this didn't work out because you're being rerouted. And sometimes people don't realize that it it made me, I just got an image of when I used to take um, acne uh, medicine and uh, I had this, like this three-step program and I, I purchased the whole kit and caboodle. And then the lady goes, oh, by the way, of course, after I made the purchase, it's going to make your bumps come out more to cleanse. Don't worry. And it's like that. It's some things look like it's crazy and and it feels bad. And it's just like, what's going on here? You're just, it's being uprooted so it can just get out of your way and you can reroute your life based on the set of uh, information you were given in a reading. Right. And it's like, sometimes I tell people things that they don't necessarily want to hear, Mm -hmm. but not like in a, you're like, someone's going to die or you're going to die or like, you know, not in a final way, just in a, you aren't acknowledging this and you know, you need to acknowledge it. And that's why you feel all these feelings Mm -hmm. and you feel so stuck. And that's, that's what's really hard for a lot of people. And some people will get mad and they'll be like, well, you know, I'm, you're just not accurate or I can't acknowledge that. Or I don't know what you're talking about because they aren't ready to acknowledge it. And that's, that's okay. And then you'll have some people that are very aggressive. And I would say with those people, you just say, this isn't working and like give them a refund because it's not worth the energy to, Mm -hmm fight about it. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I was going to ask you how you handle difficult clients. Um, I haven't had that many, like luckily. Mm-hmm. And I will say like, I do a lot of readings at like different markets. So just on the street, just people walking up, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. a lot of times people are like, I don't believe in this, but I'll just, whatever sit down (laughs) and (laughs) most of the time people walk away like oh my god that was super accurate I have had one person that was like this doesn't apply to me at all and she just kind of got up and left and then I had one reading online where the girl was like this isn't what you said it was uh and just very like why did I pay for this? This isn't what you said it was going to be. And I'm like, okay, I can do a different reading. This, uh, this is the reading you said you wanted. Cause it was like a specific three card reading. And I don't think she asked for the right one. 
Mm-hmm. And she just kept going back and forth. So when it comes to that, like going back and forth, I usually just am like, okay, here's your refund. And then right. end it because it's, yeah. it's too back and forth and there's no point to continue trying, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And, and also uh, when people say that this doesn't apply, sometimes it happens later. Uh, I remember just even as a kid, when I would get uh, visions or premonition dreams, it would happen years. <laughs> okay. Like sometimes five years, sometimes 10 years later, I'm not saying this is going to be the case for everyone, but, uh, sometimes it just hasn't happened. And I talk about this one, uh, reading that I gave, this was a few years ago at this point. And, uh, the person came back to me a year later and she just said, well, why did it take two years for that to happen? And she had got a reading from someone else and he told her the same thing. And I said, because it took you two years to do what you needed to do to get that result. And that's the thing too. I, I want to stress to people who are you know, interested in you know, tarot, even if you're just doing it for yourself and you don't want to become uh, an entrepreneur, or maybe you want to read for your friends, keep in mind that time isn't this thing that we can control, you know, that we can say, yes, this is going to happen. Boom, right here with what I'm looking to do. I wish that was the case because I would be a billionaire right now. Believe me, <laughs> you know, I could just will it, yeah. boom, done. But uh, the thing is, there are always steps we need to take for certain things to happen. We want to bring something into our life. We have to change our mind, shift our mind. We have to get out there and do things. And sometimes people don't do the things that they're supposed to do. And they turn around and put it on the ethical tarot reader, like it's their fault. So, you know, I just wanted to stress that, that give it some time when people do that, or just like what Tess said, just give them the refund because it's not worth the energy. Yeah, and I would say the hardest thing to read is, like, future, because if you do do a reading and you, like, do something for future, someone's always going to be like, well, when's that going to happen? And it's very hard to put a timetable on something yes, because you don't know when it's going to happen. And I'm sure some readers say that they do know, like, and give very accurate or very Mm -hmm. precise timetables. I am not one of those people that feels comfortable doing that. So I will mm-hmm. usually tell people it could be a couple months to a year. Yeah. You know, like I don't know and what to tell you about when it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I agree. No, you go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say I agree. Yeah, that's just what I would tell people starting out. Like if they have people ask those questions about when it's going to happen, it's okay to like say you don't know and give like a broad timetable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. That's one of the reasons why in, in the very beginning of my podcast, uh, I stopped with the time. And I don't remember if I did a full episode on it, but I said, because uh, what I realized was that with me, well, even with myself, I don't keep up with time. <laughs> okay, so just... Uh, that spirituality aside, okay, I'm a night owl. I don't care for the daytime. Like I'm, I'm not there with time as it is. So, <laughs> spiritually speaking, uh, the the last time I did this, uh, spring came up, 
And then I heard, no, it could be her springtime. So the woman wanted to know when something was going to happen. And sometimes I would hear a number six. It could be six weeks, six days, six months, six years, depend on how proactive you are in your life. Uh, But then I heard when I was hearing spring, it could be actual spring. It could be her personal spring. You know, sometimes we are in our winter months when we need to go inward and, you know, really do a lot of personal inner, inner work. And then, then we bust out our spring and we're ready to go. And sometimes when people try to make time work for them and, and take control of that, they miss out on so many things. And it's best to remember things happen in divine timing. And I had to learn it. <laughs> it's not easy. I'm not <laughs> saying this as a, as a, oh, you know, divine timing. No, it's like, uh, it's divine timing. I don't know how else to explain it to you. <laughs> It's not when we want it. It's divine timing. Yes, I totally agree with that. And I think, like, the timing isn't as important. Like, if you tell someone, oh, you know, it's going to happen in a month, then all they're going to focus on is, oh, in a month, Mm -hmm. everything's going to be great. When in reality, it's like, no, you should focus on that being your goal, but you Mm -hmm. have to achieve that goal still. Like, me doing this reading and telling you this is going to be your future doesn't automatically magically make it happen you have to put in that work to make it your future mm-hmm. absolutely and, and you got what uh, I said you could go ahead I thought you were you were still talking oh no I just uh so, like, I think when you put a timetable on it, you kind of let people relax a little bit because they feel like it's for sure going to happen. Right, right. And and I think if they continue to look at it more as, um, like, advice, guidance, then it's the, the law of least resistance. They can just be more proactive and go more with the flow and not be so obsessed with that because as we learn when you assess and try to chase after something you don't get it but then when you relax it comes to you which is a crazy thing you think if you go after something uh like I'll get it but it's it's it has these fine lines like yeah you should go after it but there's also that path of least resistance as well so if you're going to the cars just to say when is this going to happen and what's the outcome you're going to miss so much and as you were saying earlier that's not the purpose of the cards yeah, exactly. And when when people, let's say they want to pull cards for themselves on a regular basis, uh, should they focus on a theme? Like, I know there's more than one way to look at it, but from your experience, if someone wanted to just pull a card a day, should it just be like a general, oh, I'm looking for a message for the day, a theme for the day, what to focus on? Uh, for a day, what are some of like the, the simple tips you can give people who are just brand new and they want to just start with tarot for themselves? Yeah, it's good to like, I mean, some people say you should sleep with your deck under your pillow and everything. I never did that. But if that's something you want to do to feel more connected, that's always an option. But I think just pulling a card a day to see like how the day is going to go or what you're feeling that day is a good thing to do to really familiarize yourself with 
each card and it mm -hmm. also will help you understand a little bit better like what each card means if you can relate it back to your life there's another thing you can do if you want to kind of study each card and it's every day take one card from the deck so like first you would start with the fool and then go down the deck and just for like 20 minutes stare at it and meditate and then throughout the day after the day's over write down like what you realized happened that was in that energy of that card mm, yeah I like that and and it's easy enough for people to not be overwhelmed with the process of learning tarot right because there's so many different ways to learn it and like I said you don't have to have such a structured understanding like it's good to know the general meanings of each card but the more you read the more it'll just flow and you'll be able to kind of put your own meaning on the card as well right right and when people come to you for readings what are some of the questions that you wish they would ask? Like what, what are some juicy questions that you can, that people can ask a reader that really provides like, like good insight if someone wants to learn about their relationships or life in general? Uh, I, I think about this often because questions that we ask are so important. And I'm wondering if there is a way that we can ask a question that would really uh, encompass what the reader is is asking for because I feel like sometimes people don't know how to ask a question or or a question that they should be asking. Yeah, I agree that a lot of times people don't know how to ask the question. So when someone sits down, I usually like ask them first, have they ever had a reading before, and then mm -hmm. go from there. And what type of reading would they like? And then walk them through all the different types of readings. And if there's something that they're kind of wondering about, which reading would be the best or what reading I could do for them. So just kind of if you talk to them that way and get a feeling for where they're at and what they're really wondering about, I think that would that's the best option. But you do have people who just sit down and they're like, this is the reading I want. And they might not be asking for the right reading, but you know, they're like, this is the one I want. I would say like the the best reading to do probably is like the Celtic Cross, like we talked about because it's in depth. Mm -hmm. But another reading that's good, like if you're looking for, if there's like, oh, I don't know which decision to make, or I feel like, you know, there's, I have two choices, is the fork in the road spread? Do you know that one? Mm -hmm. No, I, I don't know that one. So it's basically like um, there's one card at the top and that's like you. And then there's two cards on the right and that's the first decision and the outcome. And then two cards on the left and same thing, the second, second option and then outcome is that. So you can kind of tell them like, okay, this is your first option and your second option. And this is most likely the outcome of that and most likely the outcome of the other one. And that's very helpful. I found for people who aren't sure what the right path is. 
Nice. Yeah, that is amazing. I'm going to look that up and use that for myself. That I, I like that. Yeah. And I also ask that too, because when people are given the reading and a person hadn't really thought of their question, or maybe they say, oh, you know, just a general message and something other than what they ask for pops up, that can be really unnerving because it's just like, okay, I know they asked about relationships, but something about their childhood, you know, is coming up or, you know, there's something else completely different. And it's just like, oh my God, what do I do? Because it's not about relationships. Sometimes it's what needs to come through, not necessarily what you want to come through. Yeah. And sometimes like, especially with three cards polls, like you can do them for past, present, and future or something. And since it's only three cards, the person might be like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. And it's totally fine to pull more cards or to pull clarifying cards and be like, well, you know, this card goes into that one. So it actually means this, or you're getting more information about the past, present, future. And that usually, if it ever happens where someone is like, this doesn't make sense. That usually clears it up and makes it make sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's so funny that you said clarity, because as we were talking briefly before uh, I recorded, I pulled the clarity card. I pulled just four Oracle cards, clarity, talent, home and dreams popped up. So I just been feeling throughout this whole um you know, talk is that I feel like it's, it's like a coming of home, like understanding tarot is, is understanding ancient ways and people are developing their talents in this. And, you know, you, you are helping them in this process. And it's like, this is going to be a dream for some people, you know, like you with your business. I know this is your dream. And, and so I wanted to ask you, so I know that you, you have your sprays and you make candles as well. Is there other things that we can expect from spellbinding? Um, well, I do all that with the products. And then I also do readings. I offer them through Zoom online as well. Mm -hmm. So if people, you know, want a reading face to face, and they don't live in Arizona, that's an option. I also, like the end of this year, I'm planning on doing a few retreats and courses in regards to tarot and like workshops with tarot. So I'm excited for that. Oh, that sounds exciting. Uh, And I love Arizona. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So any final, oh, it's 444 right now. This is hilarious. (laughs) I just looked at the clock. So any (laughs) final words? Um, I just would say, For people who are interested in reading tarot, don't be afraid of it. Just start reading and, you know, have practice. It's okay to read a few books about it and then just trust yourself. It's really about intuition and trusting yourself to read the cards. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Tess. This was so insightful. And I know everyone got a lot of value from this. And, oh, actually, there is one last question I want to ask you. Uh, what is, a, a, in your opinion, a good starter tarot deck? 
I would say the Rider Waite deck because it's considered the original deck and it's a good one just to learn the symbolism. But also one of my first decks was the Wild Unknown deck. So that one's good too. (laughs) Nice, nice. Now I have no more questions. Well, thank you so much, everyone. You know, I'm rooting for you. I'm sending you so much love, so many blessings. Remember to be kind to yourself and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in, Magical One. Let's keep in touch. Join the VIP email list by going to tmariejohnson.com. And as always, I'm sending you lots of love, many blessings. I'm rooting for you. And remember to be kind to yourself. Until next time.